If you're heading out to a holiday party, we have an early gift for you. Coming up today on the podcast, we talk to Arden Kleiss, esteemed etiquette expert, about how to be on your very best behavior. We'll cover everything from business party networking gaffes to when you should use which forks. Sit up straight and keep listening. From beautiful downtown Detroit, Michigan, this is the Zing Podcast from Quicken Loans. So hello, everybody. It's the Zing Podcast. You're here with Sean T. Johnston. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited today. We've got a very special uh, co-host of the show today. She's been with us, I, I want to say in the background. You've been doing everything behind the scenes for a while here. Natalie Ness. Natalie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm very well. Are you excited to be uh, in front of the mic this time around? I'm very excited. Yeah? It'll be a great experience. You know, it's it's one of those things where we were just talking one day and I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to get somebody to fill in for this. And it's like, yeah. Natalie just threw out, she's like, oh, I have a broadcasting degree. It's like, oh, well, I wish I would have known that. So <laughs> so here we are. We're really excited. And uh, so Natalie, you go to a lot of hard holiday parties. You, you like to party it up this time of year? Not really. I think this is going to be the first year that I really have some holiday parties to attend. That's great. So it sounds like we've got a lot to, of stuff to listen to, a lot of stuff to learn today. If we're going to be attending, I know Quicken Loans likes to go all out for its uh, for its team members here. Mm-hmm. So uh, with us today, we've got a very special guest. What we're trying to do today is I think just about everybody that's listening to this would say, hey, you know what? I know how to behave in public. I know how to act at a party. You know, I, I know what forks go where for the most part. But, you know, there's a lot of unwritten rules and there's a lot of things I think uh, we don't know about being on our best behavior, especially when it comes to parties, especially when, you know, your business associates and, and people that you work with on a daily basis are there. So we just want to make sure, especially when it comes to the holiday party season, everybody knows what's, what's you know, not mm-hmm. right and wrong, but let's let's talk about what's uh, how to be on your best behavior. What, what, what's the etiquette? What's the protocol? And with us today to do that, I'm really excited. Uh, we've got Miss Arden Kleiss. She's the founder of Kleiss Etiquette of Seattle, Washington. Arden, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you, Sean. I'm very pleased to be here with you. And you know what? I got to tell you, I'm really excited too, because this is the second digital guest that we've had uh, with us in the podcast. So thanks for bearing with us there, Arden. So you, you, you run a company that essentially specializes in making sure that people uh, no proper etiquette, especially in business and personal settings. So this time of the year, when we're going to our, our holiday parties, what are some things that people might not know, some common gaffes and some things that people are doing uh, that maybe they should be aware of as they're uh, getting ready to head out the door? Sure. It is a busy time with all the business and social parties, and it's easy to make those little gaffes that could affect you. So um, let's start with some work function things you need to pay attention to. So one of the, the biggest things that I see people um, do around the work holiday party is not attending. Oh. And the reason that's, that's kind of a, a no-no is because people do notice when you don't attend, and you risk looking like you're not a team player when you don't show up. So even if holiday parties or mingling are not your thing, yeah. I really encourage you to just show up for a little bit and, and make your presence known. Make sure your boss sees you, say hello to a few people. We can talk a little bit about how to make that easier, but that was, that's probably one of the biggest ones. Interesting. You know, I'd never really thought about that before, and i got to be honest, I'm a little guilty of that. Natalie, what oh, about you? I was going <laughs> to say, if the boss is noticed and all that stuff, and I am one that... I will admit, I've, I've 
Yeah. I've skipped out on one or two maybe before. Yeah. But <laughs> what would you say for your clients or their bosses? What would you say to them to encourage their team members and their coworkers to attend their holiday parties or more functions? Yeah. So I would say, you know, really see it as an opportunity to make connections with people, especially with executives, um, people that you usually don't get a chance to chat with uh, in a more casual setting. It's such a great opportunity to further your career by getting to be known and, and, and learning a little bit more about the people that, you know, run the company. So that's probably one of the biggest reasons why you should go. They're just as nervous as you are, truly. They don't, you know, they're not any more gifted at mingling than than you are, and, and small talk is probably just as uncomfortable for them. But there are so many ways you can make it easier. So I would say think about it as an opportunity to really further your career, not as this horrible obligation that you have to attend and, you know, you have to do dancing to, you know, she's a brick house and all those (laughs) obnoxious songs that you just have no interest in. So, yeah, the networking component is something that I've always kind of, to be honest with you, that's one of the biggest reasons why I fear going to these things because, you know, I'm I'm a pretty gregarious person, but for whatever reason, that thought of having chit-chat sometimes it, it's mm-hmm. just so daunting to me. So do you have any yeah. tips for people that are just kind of like, I, like I legitimately sometimes don't know what to talk about. And I, I run into some yeah. people like uh, Jay Farner. I just passed him in the men's room the other day. And I was like, what do I say? And it's like, we're just mm-hmm. saying it. Like, so I, I have no idea what to do. So, so help me uh-huh. kind of overcome that social anxiety. What do, what do I do? Sure. Yeah. Well, so a few things, first of all, have a plan before you go to the party. And the plan might be, if you're someone that really is uncomfortable with small talk, decide that you're going to talk to two, you know, maybe three, maybe it's one person that you haven't talked to lately or that you haven't talked to ever. Or maybe it's, you know, you've said, okay, I really want to talk to my boss's boss or, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to talk, you know, whoever it is. Because when you have a plan and you say, I'm going to focus on talking to these two people, whatever the number is, yeah. it makes it a little bit easier because it gives you a job. It gives you a focus. So you can go there, you look for those people, and uh, assuming they're available, have a conversation with them, and then um, you know say, okay, I, I've talked to those two people. I can leave now. So having a plan really helps. Um, preparing. So here's the key is think about, okay, who is it that I want to talk to? And do a little research. Let's let's say you want to talk to your boss's boss. You never really had a conversation with this person. Um, Look that person up. Look her up online. See what comes up when you Google her name. Find out where she went to school. Look at her LinkedIn profile. What Mm. hobbies or maybe interests they have. If they have kids. And that way you've got some fodder for conversation. The other thing I say is put your bold hat on. So even if you're really like you are, Sean, you're an outgoing person, uh, you're social, but small talk trips up a lot of people. So put your bold hat on and let it give you sort of this imaginary courage that you can walk up to people and talk to them. I really like that And then I would say... Yeah, yeah, because remember, everyone else is nervous. And when you are being a little bit more courageous, 
people are usually really thankful because everyone's saying, no, no, who am I going to talk to? What am I going to talk about? You know, they're standing around waiting for someone to approach them. And when you do, it's such a huge relief. But to your question on what to talk about, um, here are some things. The holidays provide a really great opportunity. So, you know, I already talked about doing some research and looking at what the person's hobbies or interests or kids, et cetera. But there's other things you can do. You can ask questions like, how do you like to spend the holidays? Hmm. Or what's your favorite holiday memory? Everyone can talk about those things. Interesting. And, and, and people love answering questions about themselves too, don't they? They do. They do, Sean. That's absolutely right. And when you ask questions, it gets people to talk more, to open up. And then you get more information about other things that you might have in common with them. So that one person you were talking to, you were like, I don't, I don't know what to say to him. You know, look for like, was it, you know, was it on a Monday? And you could have said, Hey, Jason, how was your, how was your weekend? Did you have any, you know, fun plans or, you know, depending on what the weather was, how did you do with the storm or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you this. Uh, let's say we've, we've made a good approach. We've had a good conversation. We've kept it going. What's, what's a good exit strategy there? Is there a, is there a period of time that, you know, if you can kind of feel the conversation, the momentum's kind of losing, like if you ask a couple of questions, like how do you get out of a conversation that you know might not just be going anywhere, uh, being professional and, and, and so forth. That's generally the thing that sure. I really struggle with. It's like maybe ask a couple of questions and it's like, oh, I have nothing left. Uh, bye. <laughs> you know, so how does that work? How, right, how would you right. recommend that? Yeah. So, so there is sort of a science to it uh, or an art. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Typically, we're only good for small talk for about five to ten minutes. Okay. So if you're if you're reaching those times, it's probably because you know, and you're running out of things to do to say. That's it's usually because it's been about five or ten minutes. And the way you end a conversation is there's two parts to a conversation ender. So one part is the reason for ending it. So it could be, I'm going to freshen my drink. Just make hmm. sure your drink isn't full when you say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Might be a little awkward. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, or, um, you know, I promised myself I was going to talk to three new people tonight and, um, and you were one of them. And I was so excited that we got to talk, we got to talk. Um, but I probably should keep mingling. So that's your reason. And then what I, the other part, and they can go in either order is what I call the gracious close. Hmm. So that's where you say, it was really nice talking to you, even if it wasn't terribly nice (laughs) because with etiquette, (laughs) right. We always want to make the other person feel good about themselves, <laughs> and um, so sometimes we have to tell those little, little white yeah, lies. Yeah, we probably don't <laughs> want to end it with, well, this was awkward and unpleasant. Have a nice <laughs> evening. <laughs> At least no, end it not. with, it was, it was nice talking yeah, to you. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah, you can also, and this is a very nice thing to do, introduce the person to someone else, especially someone that you think they might have something in common with. So when you introduce someone, let's say the person's name is John, and you say, John, I'd like to introduce you to Mary. Um, Mary is planning a trip to France, and I know that you have thought about going to France, so I thought you two might have something in common. So that's also another way to get out of it, and then you just carry on and head off. Okay. Exactly, the handoff. That's a good way of putting it. And then so bouncing off introducing people to other people that they may not know, we actually have a secret Santa coming up ah, in the office. Yeah. 
that will uh-huh. be coming up, I think, next week. So my question for you is, when it comes to picking the names, and of course they'll have some interests written down on a piece of paper, what is a good, or what are some good ideas to keep in mind when you're wanting to select the gifts for that secret Santa, that, that person that you may not know as well? Like, what is mm-hmm. the proper way to go about picking out those gifts? Yeah, so that's a great question, Natalie. And I would say be careful not to do anything that's controversial or is mean-spirited. Mm. You know, anything um, that could be uh, offensive. Uh, try to go with something that is somewhat universal, that, you know, food is always great, you know, yep. some nice jam or or a spread of some sort, you know, anything in the food realm. Or if you happen to know this person likes wine, I wouldn't necessarily buy a bottle of wine, but you could get like a nice wine stopper or some Uh wine charms. So think of, you know, things that are kind of universal that people tend to like, and those tend to be anything around food, things that could be useful in the office. So maybe Mm -hmm. like a nice business card holder or without spending a lot of money, of course, um, or, you know, something that they can put their, their paper clips in or, you know, things that they're, that are useful as well. Um, so again, you know, just try not to do anything that could be offensive or mean spirited and stay kind of middle of the road. Yeah. So in those cases, it's okay to kind of, not to say play it safe, but there are obviously lots of gifts out there that uh, appeal to uh, a mass audience per se, especially if you work in a business environment. So that that's okay yeah, if you don't and, know anything. And right? like ways to work around it. Yeah. In, in a appropriate right, way. Right. Yeah. And you know, the other thing you could do is if there's someone that you know this knows this person really well and it's okay to sort of reveal that this is your secret Santa, it's not in the same group. You could ask, you know, what do you know about this person? What are their hobbies or interests or, you know, what sorts of things do they like to do? And and sometimes getting a little bit of information um, from someone that knows the person better is helpful as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing intelligence gathering is a very important part of preparing for mm-hmm. a lot of these uh, business. Yes. T- yeah, you got to you got to know your uh, know your target, know your audience quite a bit. Let's uh, let's shift a little bit, Arden, if we could, to sort of the more yeah. personal, friendly uh, get-together parties that we have uh, during the holiday season. Now, there's this there's this old saying there's this old thing it seems like uh if you show up to somebody's house if you go to a little dinner party or a little holiday party you never want to show up uh empty-handed is that uh is that true and what are some other things that are maybe must-haves when you're going to maybe a more personal a family or a uh an off business type holiday party so absolutely do always want to show up with what I call a hostess or a host gift. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't have to be anything expensive or extravagant, sort of similar to some of the things I was talking about with the secret Santa gift, you know, something that could be eaten, um, drunk, um, cocktail napkins, some fun, you know, holiday cocktail napkins, some nice chocolates, um, something that you've made, you know, some homemade cookies or fudge or, you know, anything that you salsa, that you're handy with. Always bring something. It doesn't have to be wrapped. It is good to put, you know, like a tag or something just saying thank you for inviting me mm-hmm. and then your name because oftentimes, especially around the holidays, people are getting a lot of hostess gifts and they don't always know what came from whom. And so um, if you're, it's best if you can hand it right directly to the person when they greet you at the door, wherever they greet you. 
But if not, you can set it somewhere, assuming that you had a little tag on it that said who it was from. Yeah, that makes sense. And don't think of it as a present. It's not like a a, a gift that you would give to yeah. someone during the holidays. It's just a little... Thanks for inviting me. An honorarium, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> an honorarium. <laughs> let's, uh, you know, we could probably spend uh, an entire podcast talking about formal dining and the procedures and what fork goes where and so forth. So let's not get mm-hmm. too far into this, but can we talk a little bit about what are some common gaffes or common misconceptions? What are some things that you would want, like some basic rules of thumb when it comes to uh, a, a f- let's not call it a formal dinner party, but something that's a little bit more formal. Like, what are some things that you're seeing a lot of people uh, make mistakes and some quick tips that you could share with people that are going to go into a situation like that? Sure. One of the biggest ones is knowing which bread plate and which glasses belong to you when it is uh, a little bit more formal table and, and you're sitting at a round So what I have people do, actually, it's probably easier if I describe it this way. So think of the acronym BMW. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at your place setting, the B stands for bread, and it's on the left because the B comes first. Okay. The meal, uh, the M is for meal, your meal's in the middle. And then um, the W stands for water or your glasses, which are on the right. Oh. So knowing that really helps quite a bit because... Oftentimes, people get really messed up about, you know, which one to use. Yeah, I've drank from Um, somebody's water glass more than a couple of times, I think, and that's that's always really embarrassing. (laughs) It is indeed. Yes, it is. Uh, And then also outside in. So, you know, if there are a couple of forks or uh, you see a spoon and a knife and maybe another spoon, and you're thinking, oh, boy, which one do I use? The rule is always start from the outside and work your way in towards the plate. And that always works out. If you see a fork and a spoon at, at the top of your plate, mm-hmm. those are for dessert. Okay, so use those last. So it's it's left to right, and then the top one's last. And then don't forget the BMW. I love that BMW. I'm going to remember that the next time I'm there, if I ever yeah, get invited to yeah. a formal dinner party again. <laughs> the other thing I would mention that a lot of people struggle with is... is a, what to do with the napkin. Mm. So your napkin goes on your lap when you sit down or when the host puts their napkin on their lap. And your napkin has three jobs and only three jobs. And that is to protect your lap, Mm -hmm. to wipe your mouth, and to uh, wipe your fingers. But notice I didn't say use it as a food receptacle (laughs) or... To blow your nose. Right, yeah. That's... <laughs> your napkin does not have those jobs. Okay, that's that's good to know. <laughs> I, I, I can't say I've ever been guilty of that one, but I'm sure that uh, point wouldn't exist unless somebody has done that in the Especially past. Especially so. if it's a cloth <laughs> they napkin. They have, yes, yeah. indeed. I get asked about that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's about it. Arden, I really want to thank you. that we, uh, We've been talking with Arden Kleiss. She's the founder of Kleiss Etiquette in Seattle, Washington. Arden, do you have a website we can uh, direct people to if they have any questions or maybe want to go I a little do. bit more in-depth into uh, how they can improve their etiquette? Sure. My website is www.kleissetiquette.com. And let me spell that. It's C-L-I-S-E. And etiquette is E-T-I-Q-U-E. T-T-E.com. And I can tell you 100% that I have never correctly spelled that word in my entire life. So <laughs> I know, thank no, you very much for one. that. It is. I 